0: Hello and welcome to French Football Weekly, the podcast that comes to you not once but twice in a week. My name is Chris, I am your host for this evening and it's a late night after dark podcast. Uh, Myself and my co-host for this evening, Mr Jeremy Smith, uh, I can confirm we are both Clothed, we're not naked it's not one of those uh it's not one of those situations okay it's a very normal stream it's just a podcast that we're doing straight after a game i feel like uh just good evening to you by the way Okay. Right. I, feel, I feel like this is one of those podcasts that like we should be um we should have one of those like uh, green screen backgrounds and it's like after match reaction and you know have lots of funky things going all over the screen and all that but alas we don't have that it's just me and you so we're just going to talk about the game i guess so uh let's some um, let's get on with that uh fam anyway so we what we've just watched the france game uh should explain by the way we're recording this at uh 20 past 10 uk time uh which is why it's just me and jez because um phil needs a beauty sleep so uh she will be back for the next time we pod i'm sure Finished two-two tonight, Jez. Uh, France two, Portugal two. Doesn't even begin to tell the story. We, uh, I, f- I feel like we should sort of break the match down into manageable chunks. The first half, I think it's probably fair to say France went in at the break fairly lucky to be level. Um, but we probably will have to start with that opening goal, which came as a result of a, a fantastic pen. Yeah, sorry, a, a penalty from Ronaldo after Hugo Lloris um, had a moment, I think we were very much in the minority of saying that... I don't want to say it's not a penalty, because I feel that would be a bit biased, but what annoyed me about that decision is you see that week after week in every league across Europe, um, goalkeepers, protected species, and all the clichés that go with it. What did you make of it? Because I just felt like it was... It's just one of those two players run into each other. Danilo hasn't even got his eyes on the ball. I just, I, for me, it's just it's just not a pen. It's just a clash of bodies. Well, how did you see it?
1: I I obviously am biased, and I'm trying to think what would I, how would I feel if I was on the other side of that. And I honestly have only seen it I think once, maybe twice. So I'd need to see it again. But to me, Loris clearly had his eye on the ball. He did get his hand or his fist or whatever on the ball and he caught Danilo on his follow-through with his elbow. I don't know what else he can do. Um, there was no intent. I don't think it was dangerous because a keeper is entitled to jump and use his hand to go for the ball. I'm surprised that it seems unanimous that everyone says, yeah, clear penalty. Yeah,
0: yeah that's that's the bit I don't get. And and I'm with you. I I, I have seen i have the benefit of seeing the replay a few times now. And what I will say, which is where I will slightly back down is my view is the same as yours. I thought Lloris got a touch on it and then Danilo headed it on closer inspection. It does appear that Danilo gets to the ball first and heads it onto to Lloris's fist. So, okay, I can, I can get on board with the idea that it may be, uh, you know, uh, coming together and potentially a foul, but this idea that it's, um, you know, it's reckless and, and I've seen some people who are probably as biased as us say that lorries could have been sent off for dangerous play. And I'm just like genuinely sat looking at my phone whilst watching the game thinking, are these people like, are they watching the same thing I'm watching? I just, I couldn't understand, like you, how many people just felt it was a nailed on pen. Um, any issue with you in terms of the defending there? Like, I mean, because lorries sort of comes and goes back and then comes again. Is, is that Cause we did see a few moments, didn't we? Particularly in that first half, Varane had a moment where he sort of gave gifted the ball to Ronaldo. Was it a bit of a sign that Lloris wasn't 100% comfortable with the defence in front of him at that set piece?
1: Uh, I don't know. I thought I thought Varane had a, a probably a better game than against Hungary. Um, I mean, my only thought is I think Loris should have just been more authoritative and clearly got a really good fist onto the ball. And then I don't think there'd have been much argument. So I thought he looked a tiny bit slow. But um, other than that, not really.
0: No, no, I think that's probably fair. Fair to say. So um, penalty converted by Ronaldo and all of the, the, you know, the lauding of of this man continues. Um, You know, let's make no bones about it. That The guy's a freak in terms of his goal output, but I I do feel like we are uh, in danger of becoming a little bit parody in terms of us as the general football.
1: Take away the penalties and take away the goals against the likes of Luxembourg and and Sutton. Yeah,
0: Belarus. Yeah, agreed. Um, But yeah, nevertheless, puts away the penalty, Portugal lead. I think, again, sort of brushing my French hat to the side slightly. Probably, probably just about deserved it. I, I thought they were the better side for the majority of that first half. The um, we'll probably touch on this in a bit more depth in a minute. But the Mbappe chance should have done better, or good positioning by the goalkeeper because I felt like he, I felt like it was a it was a good take, but he really telegraphed what he was going to do. And you see those in a PSG shirt, they go in. Is that just a mark of at this level, you've got to be a bit more cute with your finishing and not just expect it to go past the keeper from that sort of angle
1: um yeah I mean first of all I actually thought it looked just offside so maybe it saves us all getting a bit excited for nothing I don't know but I just yeah once he was through like that you'd have thought either a better finish like keep it lower um to which I think makes it a little bit harder for the keeper or you know with the speed he's got take it on a little bit more Mm. but I thought he shot a little bit too soon and to sort of use another penalty cliche, it was kind of a, a good height for the keeper. So yeah, I thought it was a very disappointing finish. Yeah, yes. And um, yes. I mean, up up to that point, up to up to the penalty really, I thought it was pretty even. Although France were, were not playing great, I just I just don't think either team were doing much. But then after after Ronaldo's penalty, I thought um, France went to pieces a little bit, and, and Portugal were well on top for the rest of the half.
0: Mm. Yeah, yeah. Agreed. Agreed. And would it be fair to say that the the penalty decision that, that France got given for them was extremely fortuitous? I mean, I appreciate this sort of the argument that, that Nelson Semedo kind of runs across Mbappe, but I, I just think that's, cl- it, well, <laughs> clever centre-forward play, he says with a, a grin on his face. But it, it's, it's been bought, hasn't it? It's a it's penalty that Mbappe's bought rather than, I don't think he's been deliberately fouled or... I don't think it's cute from Semedo. It's just slightly unfortunate. Maybe a bit of levelling up in the referee's mind because, yeah, just for me, I just thought it was very soft.
1: I It was very soft and Mbappe went down very easily. He didn't need to go down. But Semedo accidentally ran into him in the in the same way that Loris accidentally hit Danilo. I know that won't be a popular thing to say, even apparently amongst France fans, but to me, at least there's a little bit of consistency if you're going to give um a very soft penalty one way against someone who didn't re- you know couldn't really have done anything else then then do it the same the other way mm. and by by the way i know that this isn't how football works and and we'll come to another decision later on as well but france have been given absolutely nothing in these three matches i thought the referee no. who by the way looked a good couple of stone overweight
0: <laughs> he's a bit um, glad isn't he <laughs>
1: So <laughs> um, e- everything was being given to Portugal. We've already talked about how, in the first match, um, Germany could conceivably have been down to eight men and had a penalty given against them. Um, I can't remember what, but there are a couple of strange Oliver decisions in the second match as well. So I'm also not going to kind of, you know, care that much that France got given a soft penalty. <laughs> so I think it was the least they've, they've not deserved, but. Yeah, like I said, they've been given nothing else so far this tournament.
0: Mm, yeah, I must admit, I, I must admit, I noticed that. I, I, I have no, been noticing it. Does it does feel a little bit like there's quite a lot gone against them and not a lot for them? It's, it's not. I think it's an excuse as such, just an observation. So I'm, I'm with you on that one. So um, a soft penalty, but nevertheless, uh, Kareem Benzema stepped up. He's missed his last three for for his country. Uh, didn't miss this one. Had the look of a man who was just sort of ice in his veins weirdly he scored two goals tonight and i think we'll probably both come on to that subject about him in the front line in a bit but i wouldn't say he was particularly impressive on the night but he he had ice in his veins for the penalty that's for sure good take and and france going in at the break one all um basically set up for the second half and then going into the second half i mean they couldn't have asked for a better start and the the pass from from paul pogba once again Finish from Benzema has has to be said is is terrific as well. It's a really well taken goal. But that pass, I mean that's that's the pogba that's the France pogba, isn't it? This is the pogba we've seen. I think has been quietly very effective in in all three games, particularly the uh, the first and, and this last game. He's he's just there is a, an element of arrogance about his play, but he has that he has that ability, doesn't he? Just to unlock a defense without even seemingly needing to think about it. If the runs are made, he finds them.
1: He's he's a super he's a, just a superb player and I think we have talked about before the problem with him is almost that he can do too much. Everyone expects him to do everything, and, and I think it's a little bit unfair. But um, like like a couple of other players as well, since the World Cup, he seems to be able to raise his game for France. And yeah, the the Hungary match wasn't his best. I thought again there I, was, I thought some people were overly critical of his performance. I didn't think he was by any means, the, the worst player on the pitch. But um, today was a little bit more more similar to the Germany match. Not quite as good, but I, I thought that his performance against Germany was was close to, to perfection for, for a lot of the match. Um, and again, he, yeah, he was sort of a, his imperious controlling best here. I mean, the only... Not criticism, and it's certainly not against him, but sometimes it feels like, despite all the skill and trickery of the front three, um sometimes in this group stage it's felt like everyone's just been relying on a on a really good sort of long diagonal ball from Pogba to, to set stuff up and obviously that's how the Mbappe chance came as well. Um, so we need a little bit more variety but to have someone like that pinging those balls around just controlling the midfield and also just the force of his personality I think is brilliant.
0: Yeah I think one thing's for sure if, if France are going to go Kind of deep into this tournament, you would you would think he needs to keep up this this form that he's he's currently showing, and uh, yeah, when when he's on form, you know, I'm sure, much to the chagrin of the likes of Graham Souness, I'm sure he uh, annoys him, but um, yeah, he's he's a he's a mercurial talent, that's for sure, and I think if you took the arrogance away from him, he's probably not the same player. So, a tip of the hat to him, and as you say, Benzema finish to make it two one, and at that point. To be honest, I could only really see one winner because I didn't. I felt like Portugal went a little bit Germany, where they, you know, they took the lead and then they sort of, I wouldn't say they capitulated, but they took their foot off the gas and we'll maybe touch on the events that were going on elsewhere in, in a second. But they got it back to two-two through another penalty. Would it be? I don't want to be harsh, um, but I do feel looking back on this one, the decision to play Xhokunda, who's clearly a very you know, young and inexperienced, but high quality centre half, it just didn't work, did it at right back? And I I believe Leo Dubois was in in the stands again tonight, not even in the squad, can play right or left back. We saw France lose potentially two left backs tonight. Is this kind of maybe one of Deschamps' oversights where he didn't have the likes of of Fernand Mendy, for example, in the squad, who who could have deputised on both sides as well? Because it just felt like Koundé never, he started the game fairly well, but he never really looked comfortable to me, and that handball again a little harsh, but his hands are in the wrong place, aren't they? In that it's, it's not great defending, is it?
1: Oh, I don't know. I think, I mean, first of all, in terms of fellow Mendy, no, I mean, he he came to the he's got two right backs and two left backs in the squad. There's you can't really have any issues with that. What's weird is that he's put one of those right-backs in the stand and is playing a centre-back who's barely ever played right-back there instead. I don't don't think it was an atrocious game from Koundé. I thought he did okay defensively although he just does seem a little bit lightweight for for the position. Mike my issue with his game more was was sort of going forward he just looked completely lost and and you know didn't know when to overlap and and when he shouldn't have been when he should have been overlapping he wasn't and vice versa and and um that's completely understandable because he's not um he's not a right back um in terms of the penalty i, I think that was unfortunate. It happened you know it's the kind of thing that happens all the time yes it's definitely a penalty yes his hands are in an unnatural position but i think 99 times out of 100, especially after he, you know, it comes so Ronaldo tried to put a cross in, he blocked it, it came back to Ronaldo, he tried to put another cross in, he was probably still already off balance from the previous one. So, I don't, I'm not sure, I have no issues at all with the penalty, but I'm not sure that Kunde should necessarily be criticized for it. Mm. Yeah, I think that's
0: pretty fair. I think the the Mendy point. I, I, I was sort of—I probably didn't explain particularly well—but I was more thinking of the idea that maybe he could have been picked ahead of the likes of Dubois, rather than sort of being an extra. But I know what you mean. I, I just, just feel like he always gives that that little bit extra in terms of how he plays. But I mean, well,
1: I, mean I'm, I might be wrong. I didn't I thought maybe he was injured? Maybe not. I don't know. But I, hmm. I, Dubois, I think, has done a decent enough job for France. we've said before that. France's weakest position, I think, by quite a long way, is right back. Yeah. It's just a fact. And I don't particularly have a huge issue with, with the fact that Dubois was in the squad, but I do find it strange. You know, I know we're not seeing training every day, and by all accounts, Koundé's been doing very well in training, but it still seems strange to... If I mean, I wouldn't have dropped Pava, but mm. if you're going to drop him or rest him or whatever you want to call it, just seems a bit weird that you don't replace him with a specialist fullback, right-back.
0: Yeah, yeah, which which he may well have to do because in that second half, as I say, Teo Hernandez come off at half-time. Um, I wasn't sure whether it was an injury or whether it was the fact that he was on a booking and was maybe a smidge fortunate. To, to, I wouldn't have said it was a second booking, but he was kind of sailing a little bit close to the wind, especially with that referee being a little bit um, decision-happy. So I wondered, I don't know if it is an injury, I don't know if you heard anything different, but... That was my for who, sorry? uh for Teo Hernandez and when he came off at the break. Was Lucas. That... Uh, Lucas, sorry,
1: I do that all the time. <sighs> I mean, they're they brothers. brothers. We can be forgiven. Deschamps sort of, as he was coming out for the second half, and they said, "Was it a precaution because he's on a on a yellow card?" And he said, "Yeah, but not just that. There is a, there is a problem."
0: Uh, okay, so, so, so even if there is, ominous,
1: a... especially considering what happened after.
0: Yeah. Yeah, so I guess they should covering all all sides there. Um, hopefully, his brother is fine. By the way, we'll get that right in a minute. Um, but yeah, so he came off, and and then Luka came on. And honest, quickly... sorry, just if you're going to bring
1: another fullback into the squad, I'd have brought him ahead of Mendy, to be honest.
0: Mm, yeah, 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 yeah. That's probably, a, probably a fair point. If um, and and yeah, if we look at the situation with with Luka so he came on. As a substitute, it looks like was it a quad injury by the looks of it? I mean, he knew, didn't he? As soon as, uh, as soon as he sort of came, came, came off, he had, the facial expression said it all, basically, didn't it? He knew that had the look of a of a player who knows his tournament is up. So that's yet another problem. Um, I think his crossing is a real asset to France when he comes on or when he plays. So that's that's another big blow, isn't it, to lose yet another fullback?
1: It's a huge blow if both of them are injured because mm. um, I'm not really sure who, who who goes there. It's not. I don't think rabio is going to be, be... That for the rest of the tournament. Um, no. I assume Kimpembe will have to move across and then that means Longley, I guess, coming in, which doesn't fill me with huge confidence for the left side of defence on the whole.
0: No. What about uh, a little bit radical here and I'm not suggesting they would do this. It seems a bit dramatic at this stage but switch of formation and uh, three at the back with overlapping wing backs with that one, would you trust the two sort of wide players to track back uh,
1: i wouldn't be against it to be honest I'd, i would be tempted to play to there
0: yeah yeah i can see your point uh, kind of the steady seven or eight out of ten performances kind of exactly situation. he's done it
1: before for leon and again i guess we'll we'll come back to it later but um Although I don't think he did anything wrong today, I think for me, Coleman should be playing um mm. should be starting on the sort of uh
0: where Tolisto was tonight. Yeah, basically. Essentially, yeah. The four, two, three, one, one of the yeah. wide positions in that. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I agree. I thought he uh I thought he did really well actually when he came on tonight, Coleman. He he looked like a player who was um he was kind of ready to uh to explode, if you will, uh, on this tournament. So yeah, he may well have, have played his way in. Um, so Portugal equalised, of course, with that penalty. Um, you know, Ronaldo, blah, 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 here we go again. And uh, and then we get to the sort of the final few minutes. So we throughout the evening, we, we heard early on that Hungary had taken the lead over Germany in, uh, in München or in Munich. Um, 1-0 up to, to Hungary, they were controlling the game. Germany equalize, I think we all kind of were wondering when that would happen, and then wouldn't you know, Hungary go and score straight from the kickoff, um, and uh, and go two one up. And at that point, sort of like the gate, the France and Portugal game is stepping up because Portugal are looking over their shoulders, thinking we might need to win. France are thinking we might need to to stay to the top of the group for our draw, and it's all a little bit up in the air. And then, of course, Germany equalise, and and the last few minutes are played out pretty much. You know, two sides knowing they're going through and both happy with their draws and. Um, they're, they're just content, essentially. But we had a moment, didn't we, at the end, which um, mysteriously seems to have gone rather sort of undiscussed on Twitter. Imagine that. Uh, all those people that were discussing the, the lorry's penalty seem to have overlooked what I thought was a blatant, not only foul, but red card for, for Bruno Fernandes, as I like to call him. Um, Fernandes. Yeah. I mean, what like... I, I, what I don't understand about the VAR situation it's been good in this tournament it has but how is that not reviewed I, I don't and how is the referee well, not worse than is, I, it was reviewed <laughs> that, that, well, that yeah well we got the screen thing anyway didn't we I don't know if that actually means is that—is that confirmation when it's on the screen that they are 100% reviewing it because I mean I just don't see it, it said
1: verification which means it's being checked
0: yeah so um, how on earth is it not given? I have
1: absolutely no idea how that wasn't given. No. I mean, arguably not in the area, but then give a free kick. But nothing yeah. was given, and I I
0: do not understand it. Um, that was my that was my only question. Was it actually in the penalty area? And is it that it does contact start in or out? It's that argument, isn't it? But whatever way you look at it, it's a foul, and it's studs raking down the back of an Achilles, which is, for me, violent conduct. So... I mean, I just, as I say, it comes back to what you said earlier on about not getting any decisions. I just, I just found it very, very strange. Um, And then the audacity of Fernandez trying to suggest that Coman dived, the irony. Um, Yeah, just, just, just found that a really strange decision. Uh, But nevertheless, we, I suppose we don't really care too much because France win the group. I saw a stat actually, I believe Deschamps finished top of the group in every tournament he's managed now. Um, which is which is quite a, quite a feat. And when we looked at this group when it was drawn, I think we, you and I, were both the same mindset of, you know, we were cautiously optimistic, but a bit worried about just how confident France had been. Um, talk to me about the front three before we look at the draw because it's it's just it's not working, is it? Something isn't clicking. And Mbappe looks looks sort of like he's there for five to ten minutes in a game, and then he's out of it for twenty minutes. The the sort of throttling of, of Griezmann doesn't. Something about that doesn't work. Benzema, you know, his two goals will get the headlines tonight, but I might cause a bit of bit of upset with the listeners here. But I didn't think he had a great game aside from that. What what would you do, and what's the answer? Because everyone's just going to say Giroud, aren't they? And I I can't see that happening at the moment.
1: I I mean, first of all, like France's performances in general, it's really difficult to kind of situate where they're at because. It was the group of death for what it's worth. I mean, Germany, um, I know that the English will now big them up so that if England beat them, they can say what an amazing result it is. But Germany, not a great Germany. Um, But still, it was, you know, good performance by France, really disappointing the other day. Um, And then... I just thought today was a weird match I mean it was exciting because you got penalties and injuries and lots of riding in it and all of that but actually I thought it was two pretty poor teams I just I didn't think it was a very good quality match mm-hmm. so I really don't know where France are but they still finished top of the group of death not playing well so maybe there's positives to, to take out of that um, and also kind of trying to think think back to 2018 when France were Really poor in the group stage, and Mm. uh, Griezmann looked completely off form, yeah. So, I'm sort of hoping you know, now France, I don't need to sort of calculate what kind of teams do we play, um, you know, we need to hold something back for the next match, that kind of thing. I feel like now, um, that it's just you know, clear a knockout, maybe that will that will sort of benefit France. And I'm hoping that in terms of sort of fitness and I know that in 2018 they made a big fuss about it it took a while for some of the players to to kind of get get to their peak fitness because of all the the hard work they'd done in preparation and maybe that's the case again I don't know I sort of hope so because yeah I think Griezmann I, I think is kind of there or thereabouts though he's certainly not his best I think Benzema, I feel, was trying too hard and I'm hoping now he's got those two goals will relax a bit. Yeah. Um, I'll come back to him in a sec. And then my issue with um, Mbappe is is the same as the last two matches, like, also trying too hard. I think he sort of feels it, not so much today, but today it was more just because I thought he had a really, really bad game as opposed mm-hmm. to Hungary where he was... Getting chances and, and sort of spurning them, I thought that I think that he's sort of come into this tournament thinking I'm going to prove that I'm the best player in the world, which is a huge amount of pressure to put on yourself. I mean, first of all, why is he taking corners?
0: Yeah, he I thought be the
1: top scorer in a tournament, and get in the center of the pitch. Mm-hmm. Um, I've seen that there's a quote from from Pires after the match that he said. Um, a lot of asked, a lot was asked of Mbappe at PSG, and he's sort of feeling the effects now. I'm not sure that's true, but I just, in general, I don't. I think, I still think that with, with Giroud there, and I'm not again. This isn't. It genuinely isn't, sort of beating the drum for Giroud just for the sake of it because he's Giroud. But I just feel like what he gives is you know he's going to be in the centre of the area. So you know, first of all, that if you chuck a ball in there, you know, he's got a decent chance of winning it. And you also know that he's going to be there as the pivot, as the hold-up man that you can you can sort of play off. Mm. So at least that gives players like Griezmann and Mbappe that little bit of comfort. And there's, sort of, you know, one... Uh, sort of variable taken out of the equation um, whereas with Benzema he keeps dropping so so deep and I know he's doing it because he's a brilliant footballer and he's capable of doing that but if you've got all three players dropping deep or two players that are looking to do sort of tiki tacker passes but another player um, who's, who's looking for a ball over the top to run onto then I just feel like, yeah, there's going to be too much confusion between the three. And going back to what I said earlier with Pogba pinging the balls over the top, I mean, to to me, that's what Mbappe needs. And I think, as we said after Hungary, part of the problem is that I think Mbappe doesn't think he's that kind of player. I think Mbappe thinks that he's a Griezmann or Benzema-style player, and he's not. Funnily enough, everyone slags off Giroud and says, oh, he's not a great tactician. Technician, and he can't do all of that. You know better than me that you know the goal against Norwich, the the yes. back heel in the cup final for Ramsey, I think it was. Yeah. Um, he he can do those little flicks and things, which actually I think Mbappe cannot. And there's no shame in being the best player in the world at sprinting onto a through ball, beating your man, and then beating the keeper. No, no, no. um but Ben's mbappe seems to think that he needs to he needs to do more than that and i don't think he does
0: mm. yeah I, I i agree and you know you, you see there's a lot of pictures going around at the moment of of mbappe sort of embracing ronaldo after the game and i wonder if if mbappe's got that sort of um i don't know what the word is but that that kind of thing hanging over him where you know he, he's so lauded as and rightly so as as one of the best young players or players full stop in in the world right now and I do wonder if he's almost sort of trying to, you know, win everything before he, before he's even got his career underway, you know, it's like sort of feels like a little bit like he's just trying to do too much and, and trying to achieve so much in such a short space of time. And it's like, as you say, just stick to doing what you're good at and the rest will come. You don't need to be that guy who does all the Neymar tricks and, Leads the line and also works the channels and just just do what you're good at. Um, so yeah, I, I do, I do. I'm with you, and I want probably like you. I want nothing better than to be have my words round down my throat, and he bangs a hat trick against Switzerland in the next round, and everybody's happy. But just sort of feels a bit like something isn't quite right. And like you said, that front three is I don't know because everything else seems okay. The only other,
1: I just Sorry, yeah, I, I don't know. I just I think. <laughs> The, Deschamps can't drop Benzema. And, and, you know, fine, after tonight he scored two goals. Of course, you can't drop him anyway. But, you know what I mean? I, I just think sometimes, again, it's not about Giroud and it's not about slagging off Benzema. But I still don't think those... And this, I've been going through this for so many years now. I know it's exciting for the neutral, but it doesn't necessarily work to have three players like like... Griezmann and Mbappe and Benzema playing together up front I mean it might click and I really hope it does but I don't think it's working at the moment
0: Do you feel like it's a little bit of a case of it wasn't broken why did we sort of fix it or did you just feel like because I mean it's, it's clear that he's you know it's clear that he's a quality world-class player you and maybe it was just more of a statement thing from from Deschamps that he had to change things up I don't, I'm with you I just I go back and forth on it, you know. Sometimes I see the link up and I think, oh, yeah. And then other times I see them all running towards the same place and think, mm, I don't know. So, yeah, it's a tough one. I guess we'll see in the in the coming games. Um, before we wrap up, i just got two other things I wanted to ask you um, just on the game, actually, tonight, first of all. Does uh, Kimpambe worry you at all? I know we've had this debate a lot of times, but once again tonight, it's almost like he's... Um, you know, like, when you give a dog too many treats and he's like he's quite calm and he's quite happy to take them when he wants them and then all of a sudden he just loses his mind and just does zoomies for 20 minutes Um, he, he sort of reminds me of that he can be so good for long spells and then for no reason at all with what three minutes to go he chops Ronaldo in half and okay it's a bit of an overreaction from Ronaldo of course but it's not a, it's not a great challenge and some of those referees are going to look for things like that he does have this habit he doesn't have the kind of Steady composure that MTT did in the last World Cup. Does he? Is that a slight concern for you about his rashness at times?
1: Uh Yeah, it is. I, I think we said it after the last match. To me, he's like I said. I, I felt whenever I watched Sol Campbell, he would be mm. superb for eighty-nine minutes and thirty seconds, and then do something stupid at some point in every match. You, mm. you, you might tell me I'm wrong because you saw a hell of a lot more. Than no, no. Than I- I
0: I can I can go with that. Yeah, yeah, definitely.
1: That that was always my feeling, and it's the same with Kimpembe. I've been gen- generally, I've been quite impressed with him. Hmm. Um, but
0: this is the but, isn't it? Dead.
1: I mean, in the first match, he got away. I think I think it was the first match. Where he got away with quite a nasty foul. Somehow. Yeah, it was. Yeah. He was given the free kick. Yep. Um, last match was okay. This one, yeah, that that incident at the end could have been quite costly. I'm surprised Portugal didn't go for it more at the end because um, I can't remember exactly the vagaries of all of it, but I'm sure with them grabbing a late win would have put them in ahead of France for a start.
0: Yeah, I can tell you the draw, what would have been the draw, if you like. Um, So had had Portugal won the group, so France played Switzerland, so it would have been Portugal-Switzerland, but as a result of finishing where they did, Portugal have now got Belgium, um, who... You know, have been pretty impressive so far in an albeit fairly weak group. So, yeah, I much like you. I, I I felt the same. If anything, maybe Portugal would have been better off losing that game, and they probably would have got England. So, yeah, it was
1: it? was a bit of um, group to be completely honest. I was. I mean, part of me was thinking I would, in a way, I'd rather I'd feel slightly more comfortable with France playing um, Belgium or the Netherlands than. Playing England, so if they weren't going to top the group, I think I'd rather they'd finished third than second.
0: Mm. Okay, let's look at the let's look at the, the the group then, because we do know obviously the last sixteen now: Wales, Denmark, Italy, Austria, uh, Netherlands, Czech Republic, Belgium, Portugal. Croatia, Spain, France, Switzerland, England, Germany, Sweden, Ukraine. So uh, you and I both live in the UK, so I'm sure we're going to have a a wonderful week of listening to nothing but England, Germany, Euro 96 and all that jazz. So I I don't know about you, I can't wait. Boris
1: Johnson's probably already got a hard on.
0: Oh, 100%. He's watching reruns of Euro 96 as we speak, you can guarantee it. Uh, So yeah, I'm sure sure we're both looking forward to that. But that aside, the way the groups line up, we were just discussing pre-pod, it's very top heavy on one side compared to the other so on, on France's side, Italy Austria, the winners of that face Belgium and Portugal I'm going to go out on a limb here and say that's that's Italy, Belgium uh, France plays Switzerland, I think you tweeted that last time these two met, France got five, didn't they? Was it the stage of the World Cup previously? Um, um, second they've stage? had
1: a couple of awful matches including I think in 2006, oh yeah of course 2016, I was there Uh, although again that was the third match of the group so possibly not too much to read into it Yeah, Um, but yeah they did play each other in the 2014 World Cup Benzema and Giroud both started and they scored five
0: yeah so we'll we'll hope for a repeat of that Um, Switzerland uh, they were pretty poor the first two games and then they decided to turn up against Turkey but how much of that was them turning up and Turkey being awful I guess we'll see. Um, so if France were to progress past Switzerland, they would get the winner of Croatia and Spain. Don't know about you, but neither of those two particularly scare me. I mean, I, I, I guess I'd probably rather play Spain, which I know is a weird thing to say, but France, Croatia, there's history and all that that goes along with it. Although Croatia, probably the quote unquote worst side of the two. Um, Spain slaps Slovakia around 5-0 this afternoon. But to me, they don't look a vintage Spanish side. Would you have a preference for those for those games or from that game,
1: I should say? No, not really. I mean obviously I'm just a pessimistic fan anyway, but I feel like Spain would be, I think a bit a bit like the Germany match whereas France would give them all the possession and hope that they just wouldn't do much with it. And mm. I think there's a reasonable chance that could happen. Yeah. And then Croatia, as you said, I mean, France should have the beating of them, but, and they do, but they've been quite lucky too in recent matches. So.
0: Yeah. Somebody made a good point actually on a podcast I was listening to earlier. I think it might have been, um, might have been Football Weekly, but they were saying that Croatia probably, if they'd have had a choice, they probably would have gone through the way they did in that they started slowly and they they found their their form against Scotland last night and they're coming out of the group on a high, rather than starting well and coming out of the group on a loss. And I sort of feel like I, f- I feel like France are, are going to need to open up a bit. I feel like you know they they haven't convinced you and I yet. I don't think they've convinced the, the the sort of the the fans as such in terms of yes, they've gone through top of the group. But I think we're all just waiting for that one performance where they properly announce themselves and go, yeah, by the way, we're world champions and we're the team to beat. Even though, and it sounds nuts to say, because they've still won the group, but it just feels like they need a performance, and maybe that's could come against Switzerland. So, assuming they got through that, and, and obviously would then play Croatia, Spain, um, and then, like we said, you know, they could get one of, of Italy, Austria, Belgium, or Portugal in the semi-finals. The other side of the group, though, I mean, Sweden, Ukraine, England, Germany, Netherlands, Czech Republic, Wales, and Denmark. I mean, it, none of those sides maybe the Netherlands just for the sort of like nuts factor. Like you you never know what you're going to get, do you, with with the Netherlands, particularly under De Boer. But I mean, England, Germany, I've got a soft spot for Sweden, but I think they're beatable. Ukraine haven't really impressed me. Czech Republic, same. Wales and Denmark is a tricky tie just because on their day, I think either side can beat anybody. Denmark probably if the pick of those two. But is there any team that really scares you on that side of the draw?
1: No. I think it would be a disgrace if England don't get to the final.
0: Mm, yeah, um, I agree with you. My
1: only concern at that point is whether it's France or whoever it is that comes through the other side of the draw is how knackered they might be after actually having to work hard to get to that stage.
0: Mm. Do you feel like the left-hand side of the draw then, do you feel like although there's some tasty ties there, you know, particularly um, France, Switzerland, Belgium, Portugal, even Italy, Austria, do you feel like because you've got one clear favourite probably from those four sort of larger ties, if you will, do you feel like it's going to be a bit of a defence versus attack sort of situation and those are going to be a lot more cagey than, say, I mean, Sweden, Ukraine, you'd imagine both sides will look at each other and go, well, we can beat you. Um, Netherlands, Czech Republic, the same, Wales, Denmark, you'd imagine those two sides, even England, Germany will probably just look at each other and go, well, we can beat you. What have you got? Whereas I feel like on, on on our side of the group, it's a lot more one team is probably going to have a low block and sit deep. And like you say, that's going to affect the energy levels. So do you feel like we're going to get potentially four stinkers on, on the front side of the uh, of the group?
1: No, I don't. I, I, I mean, if I had to pay money to watch one side of the group or the other, it would be the <laughs> France side. Not just because France are in it, but the games are better, aren't they? Uh, well the teams are better, the players are better definitely uh, yeah, no doubt about it,
0: yeah, that belgium Portugal game might be uh there's a bit of history there, isn't there, in terms of uh, those two countries in major tournaments and and Croatia Spain I mean yeah I, Italy are probably the only team that I really look at and go i don't I don't know really I don't know what to make them they've looked very impressive, but then I also look at the group and go, hmm is there a bit of flat track bullying going on here so I guess we'll uh i guess we'll see um anything else you wanted to mention That's all well, you, yeah you think.
1: look at i think it's the dutch the dutch route and the italy route actually is is pretty you know if you include the group stage it's pretty comfortable for them
0: mm. yeah it is isn't it yeah and and but then with that dutch side you could just you could see them going out to czech republic because they're just you just never know what's going to turn up. Um, like I say, Italy have looked very good, but I just I just don't know whether they've played anyone yet. I guess we'll see. I guess we'll see. And like you say, I think that Germany-England game, um, there's going to be a lot of build-up about that. There's going to be a lot of hype about that, but I think it's probably going to be two sides that, you know, they don't really present too much fear, I don't think. But I guess we will see. Um, yeah, any any other observations you wanted to make before we wrap up from tonight's game or any anything else that you... You, it's
1: sort of burning away at you that you wanted to mention? Um, I still think that Griezmann should definitely play down the centre somewhere. Yeah. Um, I'm comfortable enough with this 4 2 3 1, but like I said, nothing against Tolisso at all. But I, I would like Coman to play in that position. I think he played well there against Portugal in one of their Nations League matches, and I just think it, it gives a nicer balance. Again, he needs to do his defensive shift, but I think he did do that today. Yeah. Um, one one thing to be slightly wary of because of the fat ref today is that um, there's now five French players who are booking away from being suspended for the quarterfinal, which is an idea, especially because one of them is Griezmann.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, Descent, wasn't it, He was booked for tonight, I think? Or was it for the foul? i not quite
1: sure. Yeah, I don't know which one it was. I thought the foul probably did deserve. <laughs> yeah, yeah, It was probably
0: fair.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um. Yeah. No, nothing in particular. I just, I'm still very uncomfortable. I still, but I was at this stage of the World Cup as well. Yeah,
0: so, that's
1: what I was thinking. I was. I mean, I was thinking during the World Cup. With hindsight, France looked very good, and it. It was kind of a nice progression through the whole tournament, and they built in quality and they built in confidence and all of that. But at no point, actually, during the World Cup, I don't think were we ever saying this is a you know this is a fantastic team. This is clearly the best team in the tournament. We're going to win it. We deserve to win it. So mm. m- maybe it's not such a bad thing that France were very hyped up beforehand by the media. Um, yeah which is, yeah, always worrying. And maybe it's not such a bad thing that they haven't really sailed through the group.
0: I think that's my concern. I think that that's where I am right now. Like you, I, 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 just, I just want them to to put in a performance that makes everyone sit up and go, wow, you know, and, and it, not just to silence the doubters, but as much as anything to show themselves that, you know, cause on paper, the game's not one on paper, et cetera, and so on, but on paper, they have got the best squad they have got the best players they are the world champions and like you've just said there there's a lot a lot of teams that win these tournaments are not necessarily the best teams they're just the most organized structured you know well drilled teams um which you know there's a lot to be said for that and i i just can't i just kind of want them to put in a performance where not just the media and everybody takes note but the teams they're playing take note you know, if they were to go and, uh, you know, beat Switzerland and let's not take that for granted, by the way, because that's not an easy game. But if they were to go and and, uh, and really put Switzerland to the sword and even if they won 2-0, for example, but if they dominated the game and uh, and showed what they're all about, I just feel like the rest of Europe will maybe sit up and, and take notice and, and realise that, uh, you know, that they're, they're here for a reason as world champions and, and want to add the Euros crown to that that collection. So, um yeah, I'm, I'm with you. I, I Something doesn't feel right, and I don't know if it's just the front three or if it's just an impending <laughs> sense of dread because we all want them to win it. And, you know, there's just that sort of feeling that something's not clicking yet. But I guess... But it also we'll just goes back to complete bollocks of saying
1: someone's got the best squad. It doesn't mean anything. No. Because you still got to...
0: Still you know, France
1: it. have got the best... Squad in terms of attack because they've got six great attacking players. You're not going to play six great attacking players. No. Um, you know, an international setup by definition is Gerard and Lampard. Just because on paper they might—I'm not saying those two are—but lots of people thought they were. Just because you might have the best two midfielders in the world or whatever, if they can't work out a way to play together, then it's irrelevant. Yeah. So, okay. And th- again, that's what Deschamps has always done so well, and that's what. That's the thing I'm slightly worried about. <laughs> you know, Have to paraphrase did... Benzema, who said that Deschamps succumbed to the pressure of the racist element of the country, a part of me thinks Deschamps succumbed to the Benzema files of the country. Mm. And as fantastic a player as he is, and it's not to do with any more, I don't think, with the tension that he might cause in the squads. I'm not sure it was the best move for the France team.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I, I, yeah, I mean, I, I think it's a fair argument. And it's, it's like I say, it's weird to say, isn't it? Because he scored the two goals tonight. He will no doubt be the, you know, the toast of, uh, of the French supporting base this evening. I'm sure he'll make the front page of L'Equipe, et cetera, and so on. But... It, yeah, I just feel like we haven't seen the Real Madrid version of Benzema this season and I don't think we're going to while this, this system is in place. And uh, I still feel like, like we discussed in the last pod, moving Mbappe or like you said, bringing in Komen, just to add something different, that little bit of pace and that little bit of dynamism behind him might give him a little bit more joy to, to, to move those positions up front. But um, I guess we will see. Uh, I should just tell you actually when... The port, yeah, Portugal, the Switzerland game is I believe, because we've got two rest days now uh, before I think we be playing on Monday on Mondays I think you are absolutely right the 28th of yes, that's right, so Croatia Spain is the 5 o'clock game and then uh, France against Switzerland will be the 8pm game on Monday, which I imagine probably means that we'll be back on Tuesday to pop next week I think that's the plan, but as with this pod that we've recorded this evening listener don't rule anything out you know we could literally turn up at any point so um hopefully you'll join us on the journey but uh we will wrap it up there just um thank you for joining me at this ridiculous time of night and uh thank you of course to all of our listeners but yes thank you for for hopping on no problem and uh, I think we'll all say uh, our collective prayers that uh, that this is just a little bit of a dress rehearsal in terms of the group stages. Uh, France have won the group. That's can't be overlooked. It's still an achievement. And uh, the future now is uh, reliant or dependent, I should say, upon what we can do in the knockout stages. So Switzerland up next. Uh, enjoy your weekend of... Uh, well, your next two, two rest days and then enjoy sitting back and watching all the other nations fight it out before we resume on Monday. So my thanks once again to Jez and for all of you for tuning in. As always, enjoy your French football on the Monday. Until then, I'll speak to you very soon.